ministry you've been receiving last few weeks. I am not surprised. And uh, I'm actually going to continue along the same line that uh, Phyllis was on and uh, contribute a part. <laughs> I don't think we're through with the series about the God of increase, but uh, uh, this is what we're prompted right now. Go to Psalms, please. Psalm 143. The Spirit of God's been ministering through Phyllis, I understand, about uh, being led by the Spirit, identifying the, the witness and following the, the witness and the leading. And it just, it doesn't get any more important than this. And um, this verse talks about that, and I want you to draw your attention to a particular phrase, Psalm 143, verse 8. 143.8. He said, cause me to hear your loving kindness in the morning. For in you do I trust. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk. Do we need his help to cause, cause us to know where to go, how to go, what to do, with whom? Where, when? Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk. Everybody say that out loud. Cause me to know the way wherein I should walk. He said, for I lift up my soul to thee. Now verse 9 says, deliver me, O Lord, from my enemies. I flee to you to hide me. Is, does being led by the Lord have anything to do with protection? Oh, it does. It does. There's a lot of people that would still be with us if they'd listened to the, what the Lord checked them about that morning or that night. Or, and, and all of us have missed it, so we're not judging anybody. But we need to pay attention. Sometimes ignoring the promptings and leadings of the Spirit don't cost you much. Other times it can cost you your life. And if you don't pay attention on the smaller things, you'll tend to miss it on the big ones too. So you can't just say, well, I'll pick and choose. No, you need to practice every day, even in the small things, being led, paying attention. Proverbs 3 said, in all your ways, acknowledge him. How many ways? Not, not just in the big things. Because do you, are you sure you know the difference between the big things and the little things? There's some things could be big things you didn't even realize were big things. But uh, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths in all your ways. Keep reading. He said, verse 10, teach me to do thy will. For you are my God, your spirit is good, lead me. In these passages, are you talk, is he talking about being led? Yes. Lead me into the land of uprightness. Up instead of down. Yes. Right instead of wrong. Yes. Good instead of bad. Yes. 
The Holy Spirit is good. He's not going to lead you into bad. He's going to lead you into good. But notice what he's going to lead you into. Teach me to do what? Your will. Your will. The, the leadings of the Holy Spirit are the will of God. They are inseparable. He's not going to lead you into something that's not the will of God. When he leads you, it will be the will of God. That's revelation. That's help right there. Look at it again. Verse 10. Teach me to do what? Your will. Is that automatic? No. Is it automatic that you want to do the will of God? Let me help you. No. (laughs) No, it's not. Mm -mm. Is your will always the same as his will? Every day and every night. No, it is not. And that's where the issues come in. No, it is not. Teach, pray it out loud. Teach me, Father. Teach me, Lord, to do your will. For you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me into your will. Into your good. Into your uprightness. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, when you talk about the leading of the Lord, when you talk about the witness of the Spirit, there must be discernment. Discern just simply means you can tell the difference between. You discern between. And uh, distinguish between. And it's obvious if you look around and you listen to church-going people, people in our circles, word people, we might say, there's confusion. And you hear people say, the Lord told me. When it's obvious, he didn't. Hmm? And it's hard to talk to people that are adamant about, God told me to do this. Well, am I going to say, don't do what God said? So you kind of stop the conversation. And, and people use this terminology too loosely. God said. God told me. Are you all awake? People are using this terminology way too broadly, way too loosely, and incorrectly. When you're talking about many times a witness, a witness, you didn't hear the audible voice of God. You had a witness, a sense, a knowing, an impression, and You can put your own interpretation on that impression. 
There can be even a situation where the impression was from him. But then you jumped the gun and decided it means this. And then you stood up and said, God said, do this. When he never said any such of a thing. So what we must discern and learn and grow in is distinguishing between what you and what's him. Huh? And you don't need to be calling every wild idea that comes through your head. Him. (laughs) And if it really is him, you don't need to be calling it you. Either. Go to Hebrews, please. Are y'all okay? Can you take this today? Will this fit in with what Phyllis has been doing? (laughs) Hebrews. Oh, thank you, Father. God is so good, so good, so good. Hebrews 5. Thank you for helping us with this, Lord. Go ahead and pray it out loud. Say, Father God, I value your spirit and your leading me. Give me discernment to know the difference. Between what is you and what is not you. One of the most important things we'll ever learn in this life. And it's not something you just learn all about overnight. It's something you grow in. In Hebrews 5 talks about this. Hebrews 5 verse 7. Talking about Jesus. In the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Can you think of any time when Jesus prayed and and, uh, strong crying and, and tears and Huh? Yeah. We're given a quote of part of what he prayed. Anybody remember part of what he prayed? Father. Actually, he said in, in, in Mark, Abba, Father. All things are possible with you. And if it be possible, let this cup Pass from me. What cup? The cup of suffering. Of being made sin with our sin. Of being judged in our place. He, uh, the time is up. He's there. And he, none of this took him by surprise. He was prepared for this. He, he saw it in the scriptures. He talked with uh, Moses and, and Elijah, right? Remember that? Yeah. On the mount, uh, supernaturally. And uh, he, he, he sees how awful this is going to be. And so he says, Father, uh, everything's possible with you. 
Just because it's possible doesn't mean it's the will of God. Is everybody awake? Is it important that Jesus be led right now in this situation? What he, he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible with you. And if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he prayed that same prayer, we're told three times, the very same words. So is he distinguishing within himself what's his will and what's the Father's will? Hmm? And if you don't do this, you will be misled. Because the Holy Spirit, when he leads you, what will that leading be? It will be the will of God. Only the will of God. Always the will of God. Keep reading. Hebrews 5. Being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. He, he showed us how to live, how to walk, how to be led, how to pray, how to have faith, how to obey God, how to be successful, how to be victorious. He's called of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are what? Dull of hearing, which is what we've been talking about. We don't want to be. Dull of hearing, we want to be sharp. We want to be clear. But they were dull. He said, he said, I'd like to say a lot more to you about this, but it's hard to get it out because you, your hearing is dull. Well, what makes one dull of hearing? Remember, Jesus many times would say uh, to him that has ears to hear. Let him hear. What does that mean? Not everybody did. And he talked about you could hear but not hear. Keep reading. He said, for when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And it becomes such as need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. Now, one of the characteristics about babies is they're not even aware of what anybody else wants or needs. Huh? They are completely selfish, and we're not shocked by it because they're babies. Huh? But if they wake up and feel a little too warm and decide to cry and wake you up when you hadn't been getting enough sleep, they are completely unaware that they are, you know, causing you discomfort. Yeah. <laughs> don't know, couldn't care because they don't even know about it. <laughs> All they think about is their will, what they want. 
I'm hungry. I'm cold. I'm hot. Need changing. Whatever the case might be. That's all. That's their whole world. Hmm? They never think about you and what you need or what you want. And you don't expect them to. But when they're 21, (laughs) you expect more. Is that right? And that is a huge part of growing up. Growing up spiritually is growing up in God. And God is love. And love seeks not its own. Do you know the biggest danger and threat to the will and plan of God in your life? Is your plan. And your will. That's the biggest threat to it. Are you all okay? Yes, sir. Do you want to be led by the Spirit? Yes, sir. Then you've got to distinguish between what's Him and what's just you. Was Jesus distinguishing that in the garden? Yes. Oh, man. Was it easy? Is the will of God always what you want? Is it never what you want? No, it's not that either. See, people try to say, well, I'm just sure as I say, I don't want to do it. God will tell me to do it. No. He's not sitting around thinking of ways to bug you. His will was his will before you ever took your first breath. And it doesn't change. He doesn't change. He is big, very, very big. We should be so thrilled that he knows our name. We should just be beyond happy that he knows who we are in this vast universe, in this planet with billions of people on it. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for knowing me. Don't take it for granted. But he goes on to say, verse 14, strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern or to distinguish, to know the difference between good and evil. Evil means bad. Between what's good and what's not good. What's good and what's bad. What's right, what's wrong, what's God, what's not God. And this develops through exercising it. Exercising what? Exercising a commitment, a submission to his will, to his plan. Go with me to John, please, the seventh chapter. John chapter 7. Years ago, uh, the Lord gave me a, a teaching on this. We, we talked about uh, being spirit-led, and we got two or three series on that. And, and uh, one of, in one of them, the Lord dealt with me about an example of radio frequencies. And um, God is spirit. 
The Holy Spirit is obviously spirit. You are spirit. I am spirit. You're looking at me through those two windows we call eyes. You're not just a body and a brain. You're inside this house, this physical house. And if this body died, you'd come out of it, but you wouldn't cease to exist. And you wouldn't stop being you. You'd just be outside. This This is like a sheath. And uh, we talked about that recently, about the temple of the Holy Spirit. This This has been bought and paid for and has a future. God, even if it dies, God's going to raise it from the dead. Hallelujah. But you can exist without it. You're a spirit being. Angels are spirits. They're evil spirits. God is spirit. And um, so he communicates with us spirit to spirit. Which is why you don't need to try to go by physical feelings. And you don't just need to try to rack your brain with mental analyzing. God's not just a mind. God is spirit. And so he communicates with you through your own spirit. His spirit, Romans 8 says, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If he can let you know you're a child of God, his spirit through your spirit, he can let you know something else. Which is how he leads and guides. But the Lord dealt with me that if you're trying to pick up uh, an FM station, but your radio is on the AM band, you can't get it. You're on the wrong band, and you don't you won't pick up that frequency. And you can say, well, something's wrong with my radio. I need more power. What I need is more power. So you buy some big amps. And you put on your truck or your car and you get you some big, what I need is bigger antennas. So you get your big whip antennas and you say, well, I'm too far from the station. So you drive out to the station and put your bumper against the radio station. (laughs) Will you pick it up? You will not pick it up because you're on the wrong band. Right? And, uh, And you say, well, the problem is they're not broadcasting. They won't broadcast anything. Oh, yeah, they've been broadcasting. Just because you hadn't been hearing doesn't mean they hadn't been broadcasting. Other people are picking it up. (laughs) Right? If people say, well, you know, I never hear from God. Well, that ain't his problem. He's broadcasting. (laughs) Huh? (laughs) You just told off on yourself. You own the wrong band. Hmm? And, and, and I'd ask the Lord, well, what, what does this mean to him that has ears to hear? What makes a hearing ear? And the Lord brought that back to my remembrance. He said, you can pick up the plan on the willing band. <laughs> Do you know what? He talks to you the way you understand. Do you know what I mean by that? If your heart's willing, it gives you an ear that can hear. It puts you in tune. It puts you in sync. But if you are unwilling, you can't pick it up. Because the thing is, other people might not know if you're willing or not, but he does. He sees right into you. And he knows there's no even even talking to you about it. Because you, you won't do it. And if you want to talk to him about something else that's your plan, 
then you're wanting to substitute your plan for his plan. When's he going to say, okay, all right, forget about my plan. We'll go with, no, uh-uh, not happening. In fact, you can waste 50 years of your life going from one thing to another to another to another, trying to get him to support your plan. It's not going to work. Because for him to try to help you to do that would hurt you would take you away from him. You never, nobody has ever come up with a better plan than his plan. And there's, there's a bit of an issue now. We got a lot of folks that, you know, they're emphasize, emphasizing grace only. And in that, their idea of God is that basically he exists to help me. And that God is an add-on to their life, helping them to live their best life. Well, that sounds good, but it just ain't true. (laughs) Helping them to achieve their dreams. Are y'all with me or not? Have you heard any of this? Well, no, God's got a plan. His plan. And you, you have to seek His plan if you want to hear from Him. He doesn't exist just to help you do what you want to do. Or me. Is that okay? John 7. John 7. Verse 14. You can pick up the plan on the willing Band. What does that mean? Your heart's willing. If your heart truly is willing, it is the tuner. Remember the Bible said, incline your ear to hear. What, what, is, what is incline? We, back, back years ago in Mississippi, we, we had three channels, TV channels. And uh, you had to go, if the, the weather came through and, and blew the antenna around, you couldn't even pick those up. Right. And so somebody had to get in the house and turn it to channel three or whatever it was, and then somebody else would go out with a ladder and get on the, uh, get the antenna, and you'd have to incline the, uh, the antenna to the right spot where you pick up. So, so that's it, that's it. No, you went too far. You went too far? <laughs> Anybody know what else? Somebody say, antenna. Yeah, and you actually had to get up and go over to change the channel on the TV. It was. <laughs> uh, incline your ear. He, he said, uh, he went up, Jesus went up to the feast and taught, verse 14, John 7, 15 now. The Jews marveled. They said, how does this man know letters, having never learned? They say, he speaks like he has an advanced education. And he, he didn't go to uh, college like that. And how does, how do, how does he know this? He, he never learned this. He didn't go to our school. Didn't learn it from us. <laughs> Jesus answered them and said, 
My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. Now see, if you read the rest of this chapter, the people were saying that they were, there were split camps on Jesus at this juncture. Some were saying, he's a good man. Others are saying, nah, he's leading people astray. Others are saying, well, when Messiah comes, will he do more miracles than this man's doing? Others are saying, nah, he wasn't born in the right place. Uh, you know, he's from Galilee. Well, he was born in the city of David, but he just didn't stay there. You see how many times people, they, they work their own doctrine out of things, but there's so much they're not aware of. And uh, what am I saying? People were deciding, is he the Messiah or not? Is he from God or not? Are we talking about the same kind of thing? Is this God? Or not. Keep reading. He said my doctrine's not mine. But his that sent me. If any man. Will do his will. He shall know. Of the doctrine. Whether it be of God. Or whether I speak of myself. The Lord gave me this verse. Years ago. John seven seventeen. To help me to understand how to distinguish him as opposed to other things. What's him and what's not him. Let me read this to you from some other translations. The the English standard, the ESV, says it like this. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God. Or whether I'm speaking on my own authority. Did you hear that? The good speed translation says. Anyone who resolves to do his will. Will know. Do you want to know? You want to know? Know what? Whether it's God. Or whether it's not. What's required. Is a genuine heart desire For the will of God. And a genuine heart commitment. That when you find it. You want to do. The will of God. Even if it's different. From what your head thought. Right? Or what you had planned. This. This helps you. To get out of the confusion. Get out of the wrestling with. Is it God? Is it the enemy? Is it me? Who is it? What is it? The source of that confusion is a lack of desire for the will of God. Is a lack of commitment to do the will of God. And this is one of the biggest problems on the planet. The biggest issue on the planet is that by and large, God's creation has rebelled against him. Is not willing to hear him. Didn't want to know about him, much less do his will. So there, they have deaf ears and blind eyes spiritually. They, 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 even if they hear it, they don't hear it. We can't control everybody, but we are his, and he is ours, and we want to know. Somebody say, I want to know. I want to know what God's will is. 
Amen. I want to know. If it upends my little plans, well, so be it. Right? If it turns my world upside down, so be it. Because he's right. His spirit is good. His will is good. His plan is good. Hallelujah. He said, the NIV says it like this. If anyone chooses to do God's will. Raise a hand and say, that's me, that's me. If anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. This is valuable beyond any amount of money. To know what's God and what's not God. Hallelujah. Don't you agree? Man, this because if you hear from God and you do what He tells you to do, you're gonna be alright. You're gonna be beyond alright. You're gonna be protected, you're gonna be provided for, you're gonna have favor. Is that right? Ain't no place like the will of God. Like the plan of God. But it requires faith to follow. Because numerous times. He'll open the door and say, go through, and you'll go, what's in there? <laughs> and you'll hear nothing, because you got all you need to know to take a step. And just like he led Abraham, and Abraham left, went out not knowing where he was going. Is that always easy? No, it's not. It's hard on your flesh. And Let me give you an example. People say, well, I want to know God's will and plan. And so they get something in their heart about making a change or doing something. And then as soon as you hear the will of God, it will thrill your spirit. Every time. That may baffle your head. But it will thrill your spirit. Because your spirit's in contact with God. Your whole, the Holy Spirit's there. It will thrill your spirit. And you'll be so excited, you might be so excited for days. But then, <laughs> the evil one will come and sit on your shoulder and he'll say, yeah, but. Yeah, but. What about the kids? What about school? What about your job? What about your, the, the money? What about the family? What about? What about? Now, what he's endeavoring to do is get you away from the will of God being priority and something else. Your kids, school, money, whatever being the priority. And that's how you miss God. That's how the enemy talks people out of obeying God and doing what he said. It can be reversed. You can get this idea that you want to go somewhere and do something that the Lord never told you. He told you to stay put. It can be either direction. Go to Genesis, please, the third chapter. Can you take some more? If any man, any woman, any person wills to do, well, actually, I need you to go to 2 Corinthians 11, then to Genesis 3. 
2 Corinthians 11, then Genesis 3. Second Corinthians eleven three. He said, I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, through his trickiness, craftiness, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Everybody say simplicity. Simplicity. God is not trying to confuse anybody. He is not trying to make it hard or complicated. So then who's making it complicated? The enemy. Not God. He said... Just like the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, through his craftiness. I don't want your minds to be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. For if he that comes preaches another Jesus whom you have not preached, we have not preached. Or if you receive another spirit which you have not received. Or another gospel which you have not accepted, you might well bear with him. Do you see the source of the confusion? Other options. Other options. A lot of times we, if Mike and I are down in Fort Worth doing something, we, we go by Babe's Fried Chicken Place. Now, Babe's got fried chicken, or you could have some fried chicken. Or if you really want some, you could have some more fried chicken. But it's not hard to order. You just say, I'll have some. <laughs> no confusion? Easy peasy? Huh? <laughs> well, God's will is that way. Do it. Simple. But the enemy will come along and you say, yeah, but what about, and what about this? And you had planned to do that. And, and what about them? And what about, when you sense that complexity and that confusion, you're letting the enemy play you. You're considering things you shouldn't even be considering. Because once you've heard the will of God... You don't need to know anything else. Come on here with me. Being removed from the simplicity that's in Christ, the simplicity of the leading of the Spirit, the simplicity of the plan of God, is the result of entertaining other options that didn't come from God. And the more you do that, the more you confuse your own self. To us, there should only be one option. Help me out. Help me out. What is it? The will of God. That's it. 
Yeah, but what about? We should trust him that if we do the will of God, he already knows what's going to happen for the kids, for the job, for the money, for the places that, right? We should trust him. Nothing catches him off guard or takes him by surprise. Genesis 3. Let's look again how it happened. Genesis 3. Verse 1. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So you think this will go okay with what Phyllis has been preaching, teaching on? I don't want to mess up her her flow. I'm sure I'll hear about it afterwards. But Now, she actually wanted me. She said, if the Lord would show you, you know. And I thought, well, so I'll ask. And sure enough, hey, here we are. Uh, the serpent was more subtle. Now, subtle is the opposite of obvious. Subtle is back door, behind the curtain, tricky, sneaky. That's the devil. More than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, yea, has God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Verse 2. The woman said, I mean immediately, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. We can eat of anything out here. Keep going. But the fruit of the tree that's in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, and you don't touch it, lest you die. I've heard people say, well, he didn't say not touch it. How do you know? They talked every day. How many think, if you're not supposed to eat it, not touching it's a good idea too. Is that right? Just... Just stay away. If you don't touch it, how can you eat it? Is that right? (laughs) No, she is crystal clear. This is simple. Is this simple or not? This is simple. What? One tree in the middle of the garden. Don't mess with the tree. Don't touch the tree. Don't eat from the tree. Leave the tree alone. He said, because you do, you'll die. And the serpent said, you'll not surely die. Now, he throws the word surely in there. Uh, What's he saying? It's not that simple. I mean, you, you won't die, die. Well, he knew, she didn't even know what dying is. But you, you won't really die. You won't surely die. Verse. And so, what, just enough to get you to considering something else. To remove you from leave the tree alone. God knows the day you eat thereof that your eyes will be opened and you'll be as God's. Knowing good and evil. They didn't know what evil was. 
But now it's no longer simple. It's the suggestion. God's keeping something back from you. He's keeping you down. On a lower level beneath him. You could really become more. God's holding you back. <laughs> He's been, now you're laughing but. It worked. Keep reading verse 6. When the woman saw. That the tree was good for food. You know it does look good. How can anything. Look so good. Be bad. There was a song, right? If loving you is wrong. (laughs) 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 It, It looks so good. And it's beautiful to look at, pleasant to the eyes. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. What, what's wrong with wanting to develop? What's wrong, what's wrong with wanting to become more? Here's what's wrong. You want something else than the will of God. You want something else. You're wanting something more than you want to please God. And that makes you vulnerable to being deluded, deceived, misled. Phyllis was talking to me the other day about when we came in about how there are things along the way that uh, exercised us. I mean, we'd been believing for 10, 15 years for a house at one point. This is back in the uh, 80s. And we had an opportunity to get one. And Phyllis really liked this house. She liked the outside, the inside. It was brand spanking new. And it was, it would stretch us, but it looked like something we could get. During that time, we did a, we had to do a road trip for some ministry things. And I mean, on the way out there, driving out, something kept bothering me about that house. And fine, I didn't want to bring it up, but. Because Phyllis really liked it. And finally I I said, I got to check about that house. She said, really? I said, I do. And we were quiet for a while. And it was a 10-hour drive both directions. (laughs) And uh, finally she said... uh, well, it's simple. Uh, let's let's call it off. Let's call it off. And I knew she really wanted it, because she she'd never had a nice house since we'd been married at that point. And um, you know, to look to see like that it was so close to getting it, and then to say no. And uh, so we did. We we went back and we apologized to them for taking up their time and. And, and uh, did what we needed to do and, and uh, went another direction. Well, it, uh, a few years after that, God gave us exceeding abundantly above yeah. that. Yes. And it was right. Yeah. And it was half price. And it was, it was a God deal. Oh, yeah. 
The other was not. Who knows what else other kind of problems. But it's easy to say, well, you did the right thing. Yeah, but at the time. At the time, part of you really wants that. Right? And that's when again and again people miss God. Because they just ignore whatever else they have. Uh, You've heard me talk sometimes about how that we got rid of some of our vehicles and 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 uh, I didn't have a car for a while. And and then there was this uh, new blue Corvette at the end of that time. And I thought, well, we can get that. And we went, and brand spanking new. And uh, we were looking at it, and, and, and Phyllis said, I got a check. <laughs> and I did, too. The thing was just beautiful. I mean, it was uh, like a metallic blue and a white interior and a convertible. It was it was great. And and uh, so we thought, well, is it complicated or not? Come on, help me out. Is it? Hmm? You know, I heard Brother Copeland say something one time, and I think it is excellent. He said, "If I can't get it with my faith, I don't want it in my house." Hmm. If it's not something, the Bible says, if you can't do it in faith, it's sin. Didn't Romans 14, 23? Whatever's not a faith is sin. If you can't do it with a consciousness that this is God's will and this pleases Him and this is good in His eyes, then you shouldn't do it. Period. Period. And so uh, I came back in. At the dealership, and I said, guys, I, I'm sorry. I've taken up your time, but we, we're just not going to get this car. And the guy looked at the other guy, and he looked at him. And he said, why? So I just I just went ahead and said what we had. In our, I said, we just feel like something's wrong with this car. <laughs> they looked at each other. Sure enough. After I walked out of there, another guy came up. He said, that car's had electrical problems. (laughs) And later on, got a much better deal. Hadn't done without it all. But at the moment, what made Eve and Adam following her vulnerable to being misled? Willing to desire and ignore the will of God and desire something else. And want something else instead. That makes you subject to being deceived, to being misled. It leads to death and destruction. Everything that's happened since then. I'll close with this. Revelation. Fourth chapter, tenth verse. To me, it sums it up. In heaven, we we get a glimpse of of heaven. The four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne. Is there a throne? Is there a God? You're going to see it one day. Won't be long. If you live another 50, 75 years, it's going to go by like that. And they, uh, they fall down before him that sat on the throne. And they worship him 
that lives forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Is he worthy of all the glory, all, all the honor? All of power. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things. And for your pleasure, they are and were created. Listen, two translations read like this, Darby and and Dewey. You are worthy, O Lord, and our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you have created all things. All things means you. And me, and for your will, they were and they have been created. You know what you, people say, why do I exist? Why am I here? Let me help you out. (laughs) Your sole purpose for existence is to please him, to do his will. Anything else is going to be hard. The way of the transgressor is hard. Anything else is going to be darkness and death and lack and frustration. And people have all kind of ideas about what they want to do and their plans and their things. Trying to get God to help them and provide for it and supply it and and just beating their head up against the wall. And people go and try this and flop and say, well, God told me and, and then it didn't work. And God told me this and God, God didn't tell them all these things that doesn't work. But you and I, either one, are easily fooled by these evil subtle spirits if we want anything more than the will of God. Stand on your feet. We're going to speak over this, then we're going to receive communion over this.